We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Big Screen Sports is brought to you by Blue Wire's new show, On the Hook with Abner Mares. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we're here from his Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made the boxer the man he is. He'll talk about the state of boxing, his journey from a kid on the streets to a boxing champ, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire. This week presented by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. We're still in Rocktober talking about the Rocky franchise or movies that just have to do with rock as this week we, we talked about School of Rock. But I come to you today a, uh, a man upset. Recorded a great episode last night with past guest Michael Montero, writer for Ring Magazine, a boxing historian, just a, a wealth of knowledge. I had talked to him last year about Cinderella Man, and he, uh, he, he, we talked about the, the impact that Rocky has had on the actual business of boxing, the actual sport, as well as his preferences. It was a great episode. Uh, right now, the service that I use to record these episodes is not spitting out the tracks for me, so I have no new episode for you today, which is which is very disheartening. It was going to be a very good addition to Rocktober because what we have coming up for the rest of Rocktober on Monday, talking the original Rocky with Doug Greenberg, the host of Rocky Minute, the podcast that breaks down the Rocky movies. Minute by minute, it was a great episode. I'm looking forward to dropping it. was hoping to have this great episode with Michael Montero as a precursor to that. Uh, I was going to drop today. Instead, what I am dropping is not a, is not a new episode and it's not about boxing, but it is about combat. Uh, earlier this year, had my guy Mike Camerlengo on. We talked Bloodsport. Uh, Bloodsport, for me, if you listen to that past episode, is a Hall of Famer. It's perfect. does exactly what it's trying to do. Uh, so here is me and Mike talking about the best scenes of Bloodsport. If you enjoyed this episode and you're, you enjoyed this clip, you haven't listened to the episode yet, go back, listen to it. I think it came out around January. Great episode. Pretty evergreen. Mike also has his podcast, 60, 60 Second Classics, also up and running again. Uh, Mike is great, one of the funniest guys on Twitter. So go check him out. But here is us talking about the best scenes of Bloodsport. 
let's get into best scene and we can talk about some of the, the, the stuff that is not stuff you want to trim off. I'm going to list off so, some of my favorites. We'll, we'll pick a best scene. Uh, the opening montage of dudes just breaking ice and wood and then just like fighting each other right away, you know, instantly, you know exactly what this movie's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great tone setter. Yeah, and then uh, Tanaka, the the flashback I mentioned, Tanaka training Frank and just beating the piss out of him at first, uh, pulling him apart with those ropes and shit. That is uh, a intense watch, intense scene. Practice until you can meditate. Nothing can distract you, so that you see and feel nothing except your own energy. Yeah, I mean, in in it's so funny how long it is to the scene. Uh, nearly eleven minutes. It's it's wild. Um, <laughs> when when Frank performs the death touch and and chops through the brick, uh, all the way like blows up the bottom brick. Uh, there's Frank that's a great Gam- scene. Oh yeah, it's so good. Uh, Frank gambling with with Hassin, uh, who is who is clearly very ready to uh, to commit an act of sexual assault on that, on, on that reporter. Oh my God. That scene is so wild. That scene has aged poorly into 2019. I mean, those two, they were like ready to, yeah. And he just calmly puts her up. He's like, yeah, if I do this, it's like, I know you're confident, Frank, but you know, what if you lose here? Leave the girl alone. He's the American shithead who makes tricks with bricks. Guess the kumite starts one day earlier this year, huh, fellas? Look, guys, let's all no. just calm down, okay? She's coming with me upstairs. No, I'm not. If we have to fight for her, then both of us would be thrown out of the kumite. Just for her? We could arrange this another way. Do you gamble? What is bet? You hold this. If I can grab it. Before you close your hand, I get the girl. If I cannot, she's yours. Very good. What? You can't do this. Just relax. Yeah, because he doesn't know anything about that guy. That guy could be the most talented person in Hong Kong, not named Chong Lee. Right. Um, yeah, the best part is like Ray. That's when you realize that Ray is already Frank's right hand man. He's already calling him Frankie. Like he's he's ready to uh-huh. die for Frank Dukes. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if they. I mean, were they in the same bracket? Like, what what if they had to fight each other? Yeah, see that that's like uh, like alternate history. If Ray's not celebrating on Chong Lee and he actually brings him down, then him and him and Frank meet in the finals. So that that'd be uh, right. that'd be tough. No one wants to see that. Um, the the next scene, the first day of the Kumite, it's nearly ten minutes of ass beating. Uh, that's Ray's first fight. He destroys a deuce face and then points at Chong Li. Uh, Chong Li puts a guy to sleep. Dukes annihilates that attempted rapist, uh, Hossein. And then the <laughs> it's got the Kumite song in the background. Like they made a song for Kumite, which is incredible. Uh, that leads it into that's a great yeah, song. That leads into Forrest Whitaker and that other guy chasing Dukes out of the hotel. And it's it's amazing because it's like a comical, cartoonish chase. Uh, with with some some comical music to match, and it's it's really random to be in the middle of the movie. Honestly, every time Forrest Whitaker showed up, I just chuckled out loud. I don't know. I think it's because it's a mixture of he's young, and I'm not. I you know I'm used to older Forrest Whitaker, 
and he, it's just a ridiculous premise. Like he just shows up with his old crusty cop or whatever they are, and they're just you know trying to find Frank Dukes, and it just cracks me up. And and in retrospect, he's the most accomplished guy in the film, I think. Wouldn't you say? Like oh, the, yeah. as far as actual yeah. career goes, definitely the most accomplished. Um, I that mean, goes into him and Van, we, Van Damme's a close second. That's true. Van Damme's so much of a name, but Forrest Whitaker is kind of like a different kind of a comp. Like Forrest Whitaker won an Oscar. I feel like yeah, that he just puts Oscar, you in a different yeah, class. Yeah. Um, then there's the second day of the Kumite, which is a, another 10 minutes of ass beating. Uh, that's when Janice shows up and she's thrown about 147 miles an hour. Just looks fantastic. I can't believe her career wasn't better. Um, Van Damme gets progressively more shirtless and he blows up that dude's nuts, which is, I, I, I'd forgotten <laughs> about that move. What is the, uh, to me, the, the, what's the character's name? The woman character? Cause there's only one in this movie. Yeah. The only one woman in that is, well, there's two, there's two, there's Tanaka's wife and Janice. Who's the reporter. Janice. That even that storyline just seems to come out of nowhere. She just like pops up and she's like, "I'm covering this now." Then boom, he's he puts her up for uh, a possible assault, and then boom, he's doing splits in her hotel room after a sensual evening. It's all so weird. Yeah, and they're and they're fighting like a couple that's been together for a year within 24 hours. It's really that, that relationship progresses very very quickly. Yeah, there's no way that lasts even the flight home. No, no chance. They, they. I would think they never see each other again. Would be my guess, especially yeah. in the '80s. It's a little easier to kind of disappear out of someone's life. They never see each other. The the second day of Kumite ends with uh, Jackson, like we said, pulling an Oberon Martell, celebrates too early, and Chong Lee just destroys him. And then that leads into the third day of Kumite, which ups the ante. It's 15 minutes of fighting. Uh, Chong Lee fucking kills a guy. And then the the Chong Lee huh. versus Frank fight. If you had to pick a favorite scene from this movie, like if it's if it's on TV, what scene are you either waiting for, or what scene are you hoping it is when you turn the movie on? As much as I like the barrage of fights, the montage of fights, it's got to be the last scene for me, just because it's so ridiculous and it's you know I don't know how long it is eight minutes, nine minutes. I mean, the fight between Frank Dukes and Chong Lee is so. It's just stuck in my brain, and if I'm anywhere near it, and it come, like if the movie comes on and it's anywhere near it, I'm staying for it. And here's Mike's breakdown of the Chong Lee Frank Dukes fight. Before the fight, Chong Lee's all smiles because he hasn't snapped a neck in six hours and he's ready to go. Frank Dukes, on the other hand, is like, shit, I got a fucking loaf in my pants. They meet in the center of the blood soaked ring, flex their nips, and oh yeah, we got a chub off on our hands. Right off the bat, Dukes uses the ref as a trampoline to deliver a flying chest kick, a move so powerful that it puts the official into a temporary coma. Lee responds by doing that thing you do to your younger brother when you forget how light he is, and you go, hey, watch this, before tossing him through an end table and your mom's like, for Christ's sake, this is why I drink wine from a coffee mug that says breathe. Frank does a front flip before detaching his leg and kicking Chong Lee directly into the face. And folks, you've never been in a brawl until you've been hitting the cornea with a pinky toe. Now right here, Chong Lee looks like a teen who just got the Spice Channel to go unfuzzy for 12 seconds. And he's running an up-tempo crank down. But if you look closely, he's grabbing some kind of foreign substance. And he tosses it right in Frank's eyes, who at this point is like, dude, what the fuck, are we throwing sand now? I didn't hear about this. 
Was there a sand truck? Frank realizes he's sliding into another dimension, but he's trying to weather the storm. Like a dude who ate too many mushrooms, and he's like, these aren't even that strong. But also, why am I falling down a well filled with spiders? He throws a right hand to where he thinks his opponent is, and absolutely not, dude. Chong Lee takes advantage by hitting Frank several times, including this slap, which is deadly if someone's suffering from swimmer's ear. Another kick sends him flying into a move known as, of course I can do this cartwheel and this hooters. Things are getting dicey for Frank right here. His mind is melting like a guy who's in hour three of trying to put together an Ikea book shelf. Where's the C14 screw? Bitch, there is no C14 screw. Frank lets out a full-blown panic scream. This is used when a friend asks you to help them move in exchange for pizza. And he's desperate. He's saying, Lord, I know I shouldn't have eaten a gas station hot dog before a wedding, but if you let me make it through the ceremony with a clean backside, I'll do whatever you want. God answers and says, hey, one set of footprints, motherfucker. Get on my back. And oh yeah, we're catching punches now. Frank starts doing double dutch leg kicks and the crowd is losing their shit. Chong Lee's a broken man. He's like, God damn, that weird fucking toe is coming at me again. I'll just stand here and take it, I guess. Frank delivers the knockout kick. The crowd's going nuts. And Frank's like, I appreciate you guys clapping, but is anyone in here an ophthalmologist? Because my eye is fucked. No, seriously, I can't see any of you. So I was going to ask you, do you think the fight lasts too long? Like it's, um, you'd think after Frank figures out how to like, you know, uh, does the thing where he kind of remembers back on his training fighting blindfolded and he catches Chong Lee's arm. I feel like in another movie, he catches Chong Lee's, Chong Lee's arm, he breaks it and he taps out Chong Lee. Instead, the fight goes for like another five minutes of Frank fighting blind and making ridiculous faces. It's well, do you I, think the guess, fight goes too long? So my problem with that is, yeah, I agree. I think he should either just snap his neck right away or show some more meaningful, you know, kicks and shit. I feel like he figures it out and then he just starts doing like weird flying kicks and back slaps to his chest. To me, Chong Lee goes from about to kill Frank to all of a sudden he's he's unconscious. And I don't feel like he earned it. Like, he gets kicked in the face like once or twice, but I feel like Frank should just be doing some wild shit. So it does go on for a while, but to me, it just makes a jump really quick. It's long, 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 and then it's like, oh, he's out? On what? He didn't even get him. Yeah, they could have shaved about three minutes out of the fight and made it the second that Frank figures out that he can he can fight while he's blind. That's when he takes it to Chun Li, beats the shit out of him, makes him say mate or whatever he has to say, and that's it. I th- I think that that'd be the better uh, the better end. But I mean, that fight is again. This movie knows what it is, and it completely it went for it a hundred percent with that last fight. The funny part of the in the last fight is. When Frank is doing his jump rope uh, kicks to Chong Lee, everybody is cheering and the, the journalist is like laughing. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. Like, he's still in danger. He's blind. He might not be able to ever see again. Chong Lee could rally back. He's killed a man yesterday. So let's all pump the brakes on celebrating before it's in, you know? Yeah, fucking Janice goes from like fighting with Frank about fighting. She's like, I don't want to see you get hurt. And, you know, 12 hours later, she's just laughing, watching him fight the most dangerous man in Hong Kong. She really makes quite the heel turn there. Yeah, no, I, she she looks like someone's bringing her a birthday cake at Outback Steakhouse. Like she's just going <laughs> fucking crazy for no reason. <laughs> 
And that's it for me and Mike talking the best scenes of Bloodsport. Uh, if you enjoyed this clip, go back, check out the full episode, even if you've already listened to it. I, I still think it hits. Also, I'm pretty sure I had something of a head cold when we recorded this one because I, I sounded extremely nasally. But um, hopefully getting that episode with Michael Montero figured out, have that up maybe over the weekend or later next week. But on Monday, talking the original Rocky with Doug Greenberg from Rocky Minute. We'll see you then. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.